What's up, y'all? We apologize. We didn't drop two last week, but we're back today and we're dropping, I guess it'll be five this week. Definitely. Because it's our preview tomorrow. You know what? Thursday. We definitely had a little bit. I mean, actually, let me not say we. I definitely had a little bit of a Australia hangover. Yeah, you did. You your your Australian episode wasn't fresh, but we won't we won't uh we will charge that one to the game. Um let's get straight into it. This one's gonna be fast, it's gonna be fun. So obviously Charles Leclerc was robbed. Yo, I don't understand like how these F1 drivers get robbed. I mean, it was a Richard Milley. It was probably the one that was given to him by... 300K? Probably from... I'm assuming Ferrari gave it to him in the partnership with Richard Milley. Like, I just don't understand. Is he just walking down the cobblestone alleyway of Italy and some man just jumps him? He has Charles Leclerc. You think people in Italy are trying to rob Ferrari's driver? Like, but is, also, that like, really, That's like trying to rob Kyle Lowry in Toronto. But I'm also just thinking like athletes in general. Outside of like tall, muscular athletes... Are you recognizable in public? Charles Leclerc is recognizable in you. I mean, Charles is a Ferrari driver. I get it. He's a, but it's an Italy. if he's wearing a cap, I mean, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what he was wearing, but like, you know, you can blend in. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think he'll get his watch back, or someone's gonna pay some prices. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest with you. He ain't gonna. He never seen that watch again. You don't think so? Bro, it's Italia, you know. You don't think in Italy a Ferrari driver will get his watch? You're back? You're saying the Tifosi are gonna rally? You don't think? You don't think? The number one driver for the two Fossi are going to do something. Imagine about he just says. No, no. I, think about this. He's the number one driver for the two Fossi. Why wouldn't they say no? Who has his watch? Bro, the two Fossi going to fight back. You got to think of this. You don't steal a $300,000 watch and nobody knows anything. They all have serial numbers. Yeah, you don't, you don't just walk into a local pawn shop. And with a rich, <laughs> with a Richard Milley. But anyways, but yeah, we won't talk too much about that part. But it is interesting to hear that Charles Leclerc got robbed. And, you know, I feel like I feel he's like got he robbed, was robbed last year, too. But I think that was in his house. Anyways, Charles got a little bit of a... I feel like Lando's also being robbed. I don't know about that. But shout out to Lando. I, I, don't, I, I know that you're not too familiar, but I like what his Quadrant platform's doing. His little content house. They got a, they got a nice little thing going on over there. Their streams with Lando's races, though, not that entertaining. I tried to put it on a side feed when I was watching the race. Just not that He'd entertaining. He's selling his merch, though. Yeah, I mean, listen, Danny Rick is selling merch. Yo, Danny Rick? Oh, Danny Rick finds a way. Danny Rick is probably... Okay, let, let's put this on wax. Who's the richest F1 driver in terms of how much money they made to how much money they've invested in assets or have money stored away? I mean, obviously, Lewis. No. He's made a lot of money, so that doesn't count. I'm talking about percentage of money they've made to how much they've they've made. So, so even with equity. the percentages, you don't think like obviously Lewis. You think is, Lewis is the smartest investor? I'm sure Lewis has got he, an incredible team, the best financial. I think Lewis people. has spent a lot of money too. Like that's my whole point. Is like, come on, Lewis. Lewis blows money. I feel like Seb has got filthy bags. That, I, that's who I think too. Like I filthy. Think, my guy would be Seb because think about this. Seb is not a big partier. He's not on socials. He, you hear about him not caring about prize material possessions. I'm pretty sure Seb is, he's saved a lot of his money or he's invested a lot of it. Like I think Seb's kept most of his money. That's the, the Seb fund care. is lucrative. Yeah. Like when you think about Lewis and Max, like those guys blow money. Yeah. And I mean, for Max, when you come from wealth, like you're just, it's just like your lifestyle is just like that. I mean, Lewis's I, I mean, lifestyle is like that too, but Lewis also makes 
Lewis is making, I think, close to 100 million a year in, in total. Yeah, but I think if Lewis makes 100, he spends like 20 or 30 of it. Like, does that, like, that's what I would think. I don't know, man. That's a lot to spend. It's a he lot doesn't, to spend. He doesn't own his jet anymore. He got rid of that. But how much does it cost to fly out a jet every single time? He jets the world. Like, you got to think, he probably spends like four to five million dollars in travel alone. He jets every week. A one-way private flight from like Toronto to Vegas, which is not far at all, is like 30 racks. Yeah, and he... So if you're flying from London to Brazil... Well, here's the thing. Does Mercedes pay for those flights? But when he goes London to, say, Sao Paulo or Rio, whatever, is he flying first-class commercial or is he flying private? He's flying private. He's Lewis Hamilton. God damn it. Come on. So you don't think he's flying private? No, bro. You think he's flying private? The thing is, it depends what his travel bill looks like. How much do you think... Going to Malaysia, he ain't paying for that. Okay, Patronus but... Patronus pay for that. But I'm saying, like, even his other things. Like, how much do you think his houses cost him? He has, like, over five or six properties. Right? Like, I, I'm sure Lewis doesn't spend all of it in cash. No, no. You're dumb to buy your houses in cash. Unless you're, like, stupid, filthy rich. Like, Lewis is stupid, filthy rich, though. I feel like... Does someone like Elon Musk, who's going to potentially be the first trillionaire, does he even buy his houses cash? I, if, I, if I'm a trillionaire, I would never buy it. Just rent. Why would you... You have enough wealth. Why would you ever buy but then you're just throwing money away. But but you're also not tying your money into anything. Because if you have enough wealth, why do you ever need to, you know what I mean? Like you can always take that money out and reinvest it to make more money. Like why tie your equity up? Like Fair. if I did, I'd buy one property. That's it. But like Lewis has five properties. Anyways, we're, we're getting off track. <laughs> but I, I'm going with Seb. Seb is my- Seb, for sure. And um, I don't know about Danny Rick. Danny Rick blows his money. Come on, bro. Danny He's a Rick likes here. to go to the stage. Bro, do you remember that short I sent you, that YouTube short of a girl that yeah. made it with Danny Rick or whatever? He's a big partier. He's definitely... I think when we look at the current grid, it's probably Seb. It's probably Seb. That's what I would go with, too. Yo, uh, you got to think I about this. I wouldn't, be, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nicholas Latifi's very smart with his money. And oh, like, like based on the ratios? Like, yeah, like Latifi and um, George Russell. I, I have a feeling those two guys are smart, too, with their money. That makes Maybe. sense. Maybe. Um, talking about money, Michael Schumacher made a ton of money, man. He did. And if it wasn't for his health, he'd be a billionaire. Yeah, I mean, I think he did make a billion anyway, so technically he is a billionaire. At one yeah, point. I he think his current net worth is like in the 700s. I mean, listen, he had a billion dollars in earnings. We can leave it at that. He's a, he, he's a legend in his own right. I don't know if anybody ever catches him. It's crazy that. to think the money he made, like, then... If yeah, he was I mean, today. but think about this. If Even if he kept that money, how much would the inflation be? Like, what was his actual earnings in inflation? Probably I mean, like two or three billion. Who knows how much it is. But crazy, just like, you know, F1 teams weren't paying him all that money. It was endorsements. Yeah, it was all his endorsements. Like, he was, there were times when he was maybe the number one athlete no, in there, the world. It's not maybe. He was the number one athlete in the world at, at certain points. It's kind of crazy. And he was competing against Michael Jordan. Um, he was competing against guys like... Mike Tyson, like a, a peak era for a lot of greatest of all times, you could argue. But, you know, he did his thing. Speaking of all-time greats, his rival, Mika Heikinen, had some very interesting things to say. Bro, about Mr. This is Lewis all Hamilton. just haterade. Like, I see it and I'm like... Shh. So did you actually read it? Because I know I brought it to your attention. Did you read the article? I didn't read it, but, you know, him saying that Lewis is sulking behind the scenes, that's... that's people love to build this narrative that Lewis likes to sulk and that he's a sore loser and he's not, he's uh, just a greedy winner. You know what? I've brought it up on here because there were times early in his career when he was definitely a bit rude, but you've also said that maybe was just his 
over desire to win and compete. Yeah, I, I don't. Is he sulking that George Russell beat him, or is he pushing his team to get better? Like those are. Yeah, like, and I'm not mad. We're, if we're he's, also talking about the guy that literally after Abu Dhabi went directly to Max and his dad and congratulated them. Yeah, so I, I think Mika Heikkinen's full of it. Like, I if, never if liked he, Mika Heikkinen, if, just for the record. It feels like he the, was a Schumacher <laughs> hater. It feels like all the old heads in every single sport just love to hate on the next generation. It's, I mean, they got to stay relevant somehow, right? They do. Um, yeah, like, Lewis sulking, I don't see it. I can see him putting pressure on his team, but he should. One million percent because it's going to be very disappointing if the season continues the way it started. Um, he needs to put pressure on him. I he think needs to spend time in the garage. I don't want to know that he's off to here. Then, yeah. How I you feeling about gar- that? I mean, the Patrona stuff was that but is everything all, else. The he's obligation traveling. I mean, everywhere. he went to Brazil because he of his citizenship. Honorary. I mean, he's been everywhere though. Like that's my only Dubai. thing. Is like, you should be in. You should be in Bra- Brackley. Working in, with engineers. Yeah, like, you should be getting your car up to speed. Like, Yeah, he did post another picture of him on the sim, though. I found that funny. And then literally, Bottas posted it right after. Yeah, so here's my thing, right? <laughs> I don't I don't hate him traveling, but it's like, yo, when you're behind and you're the seven-time Don't champ, travel. Or gotta, don't don't display it to the world. Yeah, you, you, you got you to gotta keep your cards close because everybody's going to judge you. I'm not judging you because live your life, but, like, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Right? Like, that's just the reality of it. Um, interesting thing I read today. Hang on, we can't leave that topic. He said he should contemplate switching teams or something along those lines. <laughs> How do you even feel about that statement? Nah, bro. I get the sulking part is, like, absurd, but switching teams after three bad races? Is ridiculous. He will retire a Mercedes driver. If he doesn't, I'd be shocked. Oh, it, if it, Lewis Hamill doesn't retire a f- as a Mercedes driver... There's an issue somewhere. It's either an issue on Lewis's part where he didn't want to stick it throughout with his team and just end his career there, or it's a part on Total that he literally only cares about winning. But Lewis's legacy trumps winning. No different than Kobe Bryant's legacy trump winning. It's like at some point, the winning factor, you can sacrifice a year or two of not having him at the peak of his game, right? Like that's just my opinion on that. He should retire Mercedes driver. 100. The only other place he could be at that was even half respect was if he dons the... Dons the red. It's never happened. It's every driver's dream to don the red, though. So I wouldn't hate on him if he did. I just That's my can't point. see it because at that, whenever he would, it's just like you want to don the red when you're in your peak. Yeah, but what happens if him and Charles Leclerc teamed up for one year? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy too because you see what Alonso's doing at his age, and it's like, yeah, I mean, Lewis, if he would, wants to, could race for another. Would you be mad if eight, Lewis nine don, years? donned the red and he was at his in like top form and he was like Alonso form? He was still Lewis. Like, maybe he's not, like, a clear-cut number one driver in the world, but he was still competing this for championships. This might be one of the few sports where you can still compete at a high level in your 40s. That's my whole point is, like, let's say he's still competing for pole every single weekend and he's still giving a race. Like, he's not I mean, washed. I'm not going to be mad at it. It's just I can't really see it because I just see Lewis and Mercedes, like, hand in hand. Yeah, they're so iconic together, just like the Bulls and... Um, Michael Jordan and just like Ferrari and Schumacher but at the same time though you know every young boy probably dreamed of driving a Ferrari even Ayer is very fair right and I could see it Um, I could definitely see it but switching gears to what I read this morning no worries the switch pure data which is just crazy is the Ferrari had more porpoising than the Mercedes last week yeah nobody's denied that Mercedes has not accounted for the loss of downforce, and that's why they're losing the pace. It's been documented on 
broadcast. You've read about it. Everybody's heard about it. When Ferrari comes out of a, comes out of their porpoising, their car is still stable. Mercedes car feels like what do they call it? A bat coming out of well, hell. That's what Lewis said. It's just not. There's just no balance. Yeah, there's no balance. Like You're just not feeling comfortable coming out of the car. So the real issue is in porpoising, like. It, the real thing that comes from the porpoising issue is how do you get downforce? And obviously, the higher you raise your car, it's going to be less fast. There's all these different things that go into it. But it's how do you control porpoising while controlling downforce? It's two things that go hand in hand. So, I mean, it, it's very surprising. But Mercedes doesn't seem like they're that far off. I'm sure we'll talk about it on our next episode, which will be tomorrow. or Yeah, like days. they said either this or Miami, you're seeing But it doesn't upgrade. make sense for upgrade this week because the sprint race. You don't have all the practices. Like... I can't see any teams bring any major upgrades unless the upgrade was due for Australia, but you just want the holdout. This is what K-Mag was saying um, on his recent interview with, uh, you know, Beyond the Grid, is that the cost cap makes it so much more fair in the aspect of, like, you just can't go fix your problems overnight. Yeah, I mean... And that's what we're seeing in this new cost cap. If anything is held true, it's that. Yeah, that, that's the one thing. So I think better teams will still figure it out in the long term. But you can't figure it out immediately. And, and that's fair because there's a lot of articles saying how Mercedes would just pull up with three, four different floors and three or four different wings. And what can you do as a small team? You show up with one wing, right? So it does make sense. The cost cap does level the playing field to extent, but it's it's still not a fair field. For sure. You're always going to have a clear one-two battle. Yeah, like Mercedes is still like... the. the here, this is the one thing that I want people not to forget. Nobody here thinks Mercedes is down and out. Everybody's expe expecting Mercedes to climb to the top. Nobody's expecting anybody to jump above those three. So it's like, yeah, things have got a little closer, but there's a clear hierarchy. And that's something we won't, we're going to continue harping on. Is like, It's made it a little closer. It's made it a little bit more fair. But nothing's changed, really. K-Max also said, like, yes, it's fair in, that as in the aspect of the midfield. But there's still... He said... It's still very rare that Haas can get a podium this year. Yeah, the way you got to look at it too, bro, is at the end of the day, Mercedes is ahead. They develop engines. Ferrari develops engines. They develop for the car. That means they'll always have more data. They'll have, always have these things ahead of them. But at the end of the day, it makes it more competitive in the bottom midfield, right? The upper yeah. echelon is still going to rise. And You're that, always going to have an upper echelon, but at least the midfield, pack or midfield but how much is that worth like five it. million ten million yeah but at least for the fans you see some sort of competitive racing i there. wouldn't even care if it's the same as last year as long as it was racing like if we had haas at the bottom with williams and alfa merrill and but they were racing each other i think that i don't think anything would change i think the best thing about this year is you can follow like if they were made the old cars more followable i think we'd be enjoying it just as much even if it was just yeah i mean these cars are heavier yeah that see let's get into that quickly it's like so there's a lot of talk around how people are able to balance their cars. Like we can't just make lighter parts because they're so expensive, right? Like the, the weight restriction because, and obviously because of the new um, safety restrictions, how your car has to have a certain amount of safety on the side pots, which make it heavier. These are things that are all challenging. It has it become very, and we've said it from day one, it is purely a constructor championship this year. Very much. And I don't know, how I feel about it, it's kind of almost disappointing in a way. It doesn't feel driver to driver, to be honest with you. So, you know, I, I feel like if, from an entertainment standpoint, you always want a driver's battle. Yeah. 
And I think that this year is anomaly because it's the first year. Next year, you will see the adjustments. Even though it's these new things, these new cars that are going to play under the same rules, every team has had a year to develop their car. And now it's like, okay, if you didn't develop it, it's on your team and the driver because they didn't figure it out. Like it's it's a it's a team thing, right? But this year is purely like, okay, well, we were in the lab for the last year and a half working on it while Mercedes and Red Bull were fighting for a battle. So Ferrari jumped to the top. It's exactly but, what it looks but like. Realistically, there was no other team that was going to jump to the top other than Ferrari. Yeah, and Ferrari was not shy about telling the world like they don't were care about twenty twenty one. This exactly. Yeah, I mean, but not so was that they delivered on what they said they were going to do, and it's, it shouldn't come as a surprise because while Ferrari, uh, Mercedes, and Rebel were fighting, Bernardo wasn't even showing up to races. Yeah, like the, the, that's that's the point. Is that at the end of the day. F1 wants to mark this whole thing, but at the end of the day, there was only one team that was going to compete for a championship that wasn't already competing for one, and that was Ferrari. And if you want to really, really stretch and pull, maybe McLaren, but obviously that's not the reality of what we're living Facts. in today. So it's it's very interesting year. Um, we can get into it really quick. We won't dive into it. Quick thoughts on Imola. Who comes with the best upgrade? I mean, I mean, we're going to talk about it more tomorrow. I think when I think of Imola... First European race, home solo for Ferrari, not home track for them. Um, I think Mercedes will make another step, not drastic, but another step closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm interested to see if McLaren is going to... Was last race real or... Well, remember, Lando came out and said that that track just favored their car. So they said he said there was no major changes. I'm sure they did make some changes and he's just downplaying it, but... Who comes with a big upgrade, though, if any team does, if you're banking on one team? Comes with a big upgrade. I think we'll see more from Alpine. Alpine had an interesting comment. Did you see it? I did. Uh, you know what? If, if it's true, their engines, they, they've done a great job. Maybe that's why they didn't care about uh, Alan Prost, because they're like, our engine's going to be great. We believe in our aero team, but... Congratulations to Alpine. They've been very competitive this year. And let's be honest. Well, we can't. Well, I can't say that because the reason they didn't have a front row seat was because there are hydraulics, right? But they've developed a great, a fast car. Like they have a fast Most car. Most definitely. They've got a real fast car. I think they're, they'll make another big jump. Also, kind of want to just talk about this quickly is the fact that a lot of people are talking and putting pressure on signs. I know we talked about it. Is it fair after three races? But yeah, but whether there was pressure or not, there's definitely pressure. So what pressure are your thoughts? Not. Is it fair? I don't think it's fair. So why not? Just because it is only three races. He okay. did have, you know, he had an issue and made a personal mistake last race. That's it. No more mistakes now. He's had his one. He's done. Let me um, ask you this, though. Before you continue, why isn't it fair? Because it's not, it hasn't been competitive between the two. It has not. So wh- what is the pressure saying? Is he on par with Charles Leclerc or does he deserve a seat at Ferrari? The pressure is he is soon to be labeled as the number two driver. But, 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 but the pressure is there and it's fair because he hasn't displayed he's he the number one driver yet. So for you to say it's unfair... I find that difficult because my reasoning behind it is to say he's a bust or say he's had a bad year, that's unfair. That's unfair. But to compare it to Charles Leclerc and say he's Charles a Charles has just been two, in a way a class of his own. Class of his own. So so my opinion, that's fair. Like 
the pressure is on you right now to pr- prove if you're the number one dri- so if you're Sainz number one driver. So Sainz has to come. I mean, he has to beat his teammate this this race. He does. He has to beat him in qualifying, or he has to beat him in the race. Like, but nothing has shown me that Sainz is better than Charles this year. Ferrari and- has made it clear that they're not jumping the gun and calling him the number two yet. Yes. But they better sure damn soon but, if it but continues. But the reality is, I think everyone in the garage knows he's the number two. The, here's <laughs> the thing, too, though, right? Like, the, I'll put this, and I completely agree with you. Like, everybody, they might not declare a number two, but I guarantee you, you're going to start hearing radio messages where they favor Charles. The one point I will put out there is, how can you say Charles is not the number one driver if he's adapted to the car quicker than Carlos has? And he's made it look a lot easier than Carlos has. For real. So, to me, he's already shown he's a more talented driver. Now, who's a driver that adapts and gets better over time? That's a whole different conversation. But Charles has shown me this year, you both have the same amount, basically the same amount of experience. You both had one year under that car. That was a whole new change. And you guys have both switched to this new car. And who's looked a lot better? And like I said on the last four pods ago, Charles is making up 0.33, sometimes half a second on this guy in the actual race. We're not talking about qualifying. Qualifying is a whole different thing. In race pace, Charles is up on him by half a minute. 10 seconds within 20 laps. Like, it's bad. You'll be number two very soon <laughs> if he don't come to play this weekend. Yes. He's got to come to race. He's got to perform. He's got to out-qualify, and he's got to out-race. And I think, I think that last year, as an entire season, we saw pretty clean, no-issue sprint races. I'm calling it now. I know we'll talk about it tomorrow, but there's going to be some some accidents in the spring. I don't know race. if there'll be accidents. I think teams are going to play conservative. I think teams will always do that. It just feels like they're scared. Yeah. Uh, this is also where Santa died. Yeah. R.I.P. Rest in Legend. Um, let, let, I want to say one more thing, though, on number one, number two drivers, not on Ferrari. When does... When do they start making it fair between Checo and Max? Because they've been pretty even in terms of qualifying. I gotta say, and stuff. But we've all said it, man. Checo is... Maybe Max has got championship fatigue or hangover, but... But when, but when does Red Bull make it fair? Or do you think never? They'll never make it fair. Okay, so Checo Max is, is always Checo one. is arguably being better. He's... I mean, he's finished more races. <laughs> That's what and in qualifying, he hasn't been far off the pace. Yeah, and then obviously he had that pole position. And he was... I think he was a... Like a... Fifth, uh, a Listen, Marco Helmut, Christian Horner, Max's dad, they will never let that happen. No, they won't. That's a PR nightmare. No, they won't. Well, anything else you want to cover? The sprint race is going to be exciting. I mean, yeah, we've got a lot. This is why, you know, we do what we do. And this is why we thank everyone who taps in because race week is here and we're going to be coming, you know, pretty much live. We're going to have qualifying on Friday. Yeah, we got lots, lots to talk about, lots to go into, uh, I'm excited to see what Mercedes comes comes to the the circuit with. Not nothing drastic, but another big step. I'm just enjoying McLaren scoring a little points, so we'll have fun. You know, I'm a Ferrari. I, I like I said, I enjoy every team other than uh, Red Bull. So it's a great time to be an F1 fan. Um, but I can't wait till we actually get a drivers championship, not a constructors championship. Hopefully, we start to see that as the season evolves. It has only been three races. The first race in Europe. Let's go. It is the first race in Europe. Wow. Okay. First well, race in Europe, man. Like, it's crazy. It's Imola. Imola. That's, it's going to be a good one. Hopefully, George doesn't crash into Bottas again. I feel like this track has... Um, Imola's been bad to George, by the way. He had yes, that, I know. He, he had, had the, that spin out on the safety car. When he was going to get his first points with Williams, too. And then he obviously got an accident There's also Valtteri. pretty um, a significant banking, I feel like, this track. 
Yeah, we'll f- yeah. I mean, listen, this is where Lewis went into the, into the the sand, and then he somehow made it to second because of a safety car. Yeah, but it, it's gonna be a fun track, which we'll cover. Uh, we'll cover. You guys will get it probably Thursday. So we appreciate you guys tapping in. Bet ninety nine. You guys know what to do. I'm not gonna keep harping on it. It's in the description. And make sure you guys follow us, subscribe to us, hit us up. Love to get your questions. We'd love to answer them on the pod. That's it. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.